Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Dripping in sex appeal. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackey and Judd, Matthew Collar, uh, 1500ESPN.com. Check out his work. Uh, covers the Vikings for us. Does a fantastic job. He is in today with me. Phil back tomorrow. TCL Broadcast Studios. Hour to go before GL. All right, so you found this. Um, certainly expectations for the 2018 Vikings, Matthew, are very, very high. Set this clip up, though, because there's at least one national guy who isn't expecting that much from the Vikings. Is that an accurate way to put it? Yeah, Colin Cowherd was talking about the potential for the Vikings to not live up to expectations. I think that's all I really need to tell you. All right. Let me take the team everybody loves, the 13-3 and Vikings. They're not going to be 13-3. and And you can send me hate mail, but let me give you a couple reasons. Aaron Rodgers, who played the Packers twice, he was healthy for a quarter. Now, I know you want to give yourself credit. You knocked him out, but you're not going to knock him out again. You essentially didn't face Aaron Rodgers last year. Now you're going to face him twice. Uh, by the way, um, you played the dysfunctional AFC North out of conference, and the only good team in that division, Pittsburgh, beat you. Um, your biggest win was called a miracle. Okay, I just, just want you to go back last year. Your big win, you shouldn't have won. They called it the Minnesota Miracle. That's not me being a jerk. That is the reality of what that was. None of that is, is incorrect at all. No. Except every for, bit of it, every it bit of it's on point. Minnesota Miracle. But yeah. That's, yeah. No, I, I, but his I, thoughts are all absolutely correct. And, and the Miracle didn't lead to the 13 and 3. That was, no, that's playoffs. Yeah. And they True. also beat the Rams and the Falcons last year. Yep. Those were pretty impressive wins against playoff teams. So it's it's not as if they just ran through all bad teams and that was the only thing that happened. They had some really impressive wins last year, um, and they were a great team overall last year. Number one defense, top ten offense in scoring. But I am inclined to agree with him that if you set the bar at thirteen and three, that is far too high because of the number of things that had to go right in order for them to go thirteen and three. And when we went up and down the schedule of quarterbacks that they played in the regular season, it wasn't anywhere close to what it's going to be this year. So you get a harder schedule, as usually happens when you go 13-3, and likely to have some injuries on defense. Last year, they had no injuries on defense. The same 11 guys who started Week 1 started the first playoff game, which is crazy in the NFL to actually have that happen. And nobody missed a long period of time at all on the defensive side. At some point, more likely than not, somebody will get hurt on defense. And you probably won't be the number one defense again. It's very rare 
in the NFL in this age where a team can be number one three, four, five times in a row. But I would also say that the expectation, the bar should be set at you are a top team in the NFC North, you are a top Super Bowl contender going into the playoffs. So there's kind of the, yeah, I don't expect 13 and three. That's a little high. I have them at 10 and six. But also, I think it's fair for everyone to be saying if Kirk Cousins doesn't come here and bring this team to at least where they were last year, then it's a disappointment. To put this as simple as possible from my point of view, the 13 wins, if you can get to 13 again, fantastic. If you do, congratulations, because with your schedule, that's going to be incredibly tough. So 13 wins would be off the charts great. But you signed Kirk Cousins for one reason, to win a Super Bowl. This is about a Super Bowl. So if you win 13 games, great. If you win 12 games, fine. You have to make the playoffs. And and from there on, you are the only thing is you are eyeing a Super Bowl title. This wasn't done to win 13 games again. This is done to get in the playoffs mm-hmm. in, in an incredibly an incredibly tough conference in a division that, that has that has at least one team with a great quarterback. This is all about making the playoffs and and winning the first Super Bowl in franchise history. This isn't about regular season accomplishments. And that's what's left out of what Colin Cowherd said there, is that the most important position will be different this time around in Kirk Cousins and not in Case Keenum. And they go 13-3 and with Case Keenum, which I don't think any of us would have seen coming when Case took over against Pittsburgh, which is another thing that's left out. Like, you lost against Pittsburgh. Okay, well, it was Case Keenum's first game. Yep. And, and, it was, and he wasn't good, and they weren't good. Right, he wasn't good. They played, I thought, pretty decent defense in that game. But they got some pass interference calls, and yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't good, but it was the first game that he had played, and right. it was on the road in Pittsburgh. That would have been a really tough one to win. Um, but the point just being, the reason they signed Kirk Cousins to an $84 million guaranteed contract is because they thought the same thing Colin Cowherd is saying there. That you know, if some of these things regress at all, Keenum's play regresses, defense regresses, they have to be able to have a quarterback that can win if your defense has a bad game. And really, we saw where Case Keenum would get ahead in games and complete a lot of passes, and their defense would give him the ball at midfield all the time. And there was a lot of benefits there. If they're not the number one defense, they still want to be able to win a lot of games and compete for a Super Bowl. That's why they did that. And that's what makes it a little bit difficult to predict where this team could go. Aside from, yes, you should be in the playoffs, but could they go to the Super Bowl or not? A lot of it is really dependent on how does Kirk fit in here and what else goes right or wrong around him. He better fit in really damn well for that money. Yes, yes, The pressure should. on yes, him, should. I, I think Mackie disagrees with, with me slightly on this, but I will continue to come back to, for this entire season, the pressure on Kirk Cousins now is tremendous. Mm-hmm. Tree- People are mad men- at you. you Tree- know? Did you know that? Tremendous. People are upset. Well, people at you don't online. like the fact that I'm tired of the of of the cousins. I've been disrespected, and I'll show you. No, no, you're expected to show me that you can get a team to a Super Bowl. Now you are you are making a con. Uh, you are making an amount of money that's guaranteed fully in a contract that that is revolutionary to a certain degree for mm-hmm. this league. The the pressure on you. I don't care how you get there. The pressure on Kirk Cousins today is a Super Bowl. Yeah. It's getting there. Yep. And I and once again, 
If that means 13, if that means 14 wins, fantastic. If it means 13, that's great. If it means 11, that's great. If it means 10, I don't care. But the pre- the the pressure on you is not regular season success. It's having enough success there to then get to the playoffs and absolutely thrive. And if you don't, people are going to say this was a failure. If Kirk Cousins does not win a Super Bowl, he's a failure here. And people are going to be, ah, oh, that's that's too much. They've never won it. No, no. You signed. You replaced Keenum, which, by the way, I'm on board with. Because I think I think Case is going to I think Case had a great year and he strikes me as a really good guy and I think he's going to regress now. I think the Vikings made the right move here, but I think that they made that move telling Kirk Cousins the expectation here, buddy boy, is a Super Bowl title. I would, not, not a nice three year run. I would put it at Super Bowl appearance. I think when you get into the Super Bowl and fans get that two weeks and that celebration, even though they haven't won as the Vikings, it's kind of like, well, you never know what can happen in one game. And an but appearance, if we, yeah. But if we make it and it's been such a long time since that's happened and everything has gone wrong, but that that being the expectation is going to be something that's very new for Kirk Cousins. He has always had the... Well, hey, you became a pretty good starting quarterback at Michigan State, and we won some games there, huh? I mean, they beat Ohio State once, and like you're not really expected to do that all the time at Michigan State. So, wow, great, great for you. And RG three is going to be our quarterback, but you became a good starting quarterback. How about that? Good job. And you know, Washington never had the roster. 2016 on offense, they did, but not defense to really be a Super Bowl contender. And the expectation was always, well, we'll just see if he can get us near the playoffs and we'll see what happens. That was in D.C. how they looked at the Kirk Cousins era. I don't think anyone in D.C. in the newspaper or on the radio when they went into their season said, we should be in the Super Bowl. They would have said, oh, man, it's a long shot, but maybe it goes right. That's never happened to him in his career. This is going to be quite different. And I think that he will feel that. It's really interesting that Cousins went on and on one day about how he doesn't hear anything anybody says. He's kind of a classic guy that does, right? Just from listening to him talk. He and welcomes then, it. And then, which which is okay, and he, dri- he drives himself this way with the underdog bit, and he loves if people doubt him and all those sorts of things. But I wonder how that plays when you have this kind of pressure on you to win. That if you lose... It's your fault, even if the defense doesn't play well, even if a receiver drops a ball, even if, and on and on and on. When you got paid that contract, it's all on you. If you go 10 and 6, all six losses are your fault. Like, you're going to have to get used to that. I mean, we'll talk about the nuances of different things, but big picture is everything is on you now. And that is very different for him. Yeah. And, and, and in cases in the situation of Keenum, Zimmer could say he's got a horseshoe, and you would say, yeah, okay, that's 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 an indictment, but Mike's not wrong there. Kirk Cousins is going to be expected to, to execute all the things that Case did, and it's not going to be dumb luck. It's expected to be, we're paying you that much. The pressure's on you to get that done. So any rally, there's not... Keenum became a really, really fun feel-good story. Yeah. The end of the Saints game was a great, it was awesome. And, and, and my God, no one expected that, right? And that was, uh, and he found digs and they scored the touchdown and the state went nuts and that was fun. If you're in the same situation with Kirk, guess what? Expectation is complete that pass and score that touchdown. 
it was not that way with, with Case. It, that's and, right. and, and it's that's a fair right. expectation given what you're paying this guy. If you're in that situation, then Kirk Cousins is being paid enough to get us or get your team out of that situation. Because when you go through that season last year, it was all a magical run. It was the way we described it over and over again. Including and, the head coach. And it's and it's happened many times throughout the NFL history, mostly in Minnesota, where someone who's a a random quarterback or a bounce around journeyman guy or someone who's had a better career somewhere else ends up with a great season all of a sudden and we sort of ride that wave. Nobody expected, I'm sure, Randall Cunningham to take over and end up 15 and 1. Right? No. Nobody no. nobody even really expected what they got from Favre looking at his previous year Not with like the that. Jets. They didn't expect him to all of a sudden be like MVP caliber play. Mm-hmm. And that was the same thing with Keenum. And every win was a cherry on top because when Bradford went down, if you had known week two that it, he was only going to play one other time for a half, you would have said uh, seven and nine is what we're going to go, and you end up thirteen and three. That does change even through the history. This is different for even the fans to have a quarterback where you say, "Yeah, this guy is definitely our quarterback for the next three years, probably beyond if he does anything," and. He has no, it, there is no, well, I can't believe what we got out of Warren Moon. <laughs> right, know? right. Or, hey, Gus no, the expectation is a bunch he'll of games this year. Yeah. Yep. There, there is none of that with him. It's you have to absolutely win a bunch of games and put your team right there. And, yeah, sure, Rashad Hill is not the best right tackle in the league. But other than that, other than maybe the right side of the line, the, it, it just, it's just a stacked roster with a coach that has won 40 games in four years, if uh, you include the Minneapolis Miracle game. I mean, for a guy who's never had really a great quarterback, this is the moment. This is the moment where you crescendo as a franchise, and if it doesn't happen, it's going to weigh on him. David, what's coming up in uh, questions? A little question I have about Adrian Peterson after the topic uh, we had in the first hour. And in an interesting way, the Timberwolves are fitting in to the World Cup semifinals. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. Happy? Yeah, happy. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Right now! On 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant All right, David Harrigan. Three questions for Matthew Collar and myself. 2007, Adrian Peterson was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings, entered the league. Very soon became a bell cow running back, toting the rock for thousands of yards, touchdowns, fumbles, and more touchdowns and more fumbles. My question to you is, after discussing what the legacy of Adrian Peterson will be, assuming he doesn't get a job here in the NFL anymore, what if Adrian Peterson entered the year or entered the league 11 years after he did? What if he was a rookie this year? Mm. With what the league looks like now, with what's expected of running backs, with what's asked of running backs, with the change in philosophy on offense, what would the career arc look like for Adrian Peterson if the career began today instead of 2007? I think there are some comparable running backs. Nobody that's quite as explosive as him, but Leonard Fournette comes to mind for me. I mean, he really doesn't do anything except for run the ball. I, I don't think he's a great pass catcher or he 
was targeted very often by them last year. And I, I haven't studied him as a pass blocker, so maybe he's a little bit better as a pass blocker Can't than Adrian. Worse. But he, in college, Fournette just ran over people and was unbelievable. Similarly, but not quite as good as Adrian Peterson. But I think that's part of your answer. And what they did with Fournette was they had other running backs who helped. And that would be the biggest difference. I don't think if the Minnesota Vikings drafted Adrian Peterson this year, and I think we know this from Delvin Cook, that they would run him 390 times. I think they'd run him 250 times, and then they'd have another guy, like a Chester Taylor the whole time. Yeah, which is what they started off with, exactly. And that guy would be in on third downs, and that guy would catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. Yep. That's how I would envision it. And he would probably still have great years and be a pro bowler. I mean, he is one of the most unstoppable players of all time. If you can average six yards a carry... That's incredible. The interesting thing about this entire conversation on Peterson too is is a lot of it now, and rightfully so, is based on on where he's ended up at. So the back end of, of his career, because once the once the greatness started to go away, the faults become a huge problem. So I think if you take the Adrian Peterson of 2007, that guy, and transplant him to the now, the usage might be a little bit different, but the greatness is still there, and so he's still an integral part of your team. So I don't think it's drastically different, but where where we are certainly, where our thinking about him is shaped is, what, basically since about 2014 or 15 or so, despite the fact that he still rushed for 1,000-plus yards, I think, in 15 some of the greatness was gone, and so the fumble against Seattle becomes inexcusable. You say to yourself, this can't happen. Um, so I actually think if you took that young man and put him in 2018, you're talking about a player who gets used a ton, about a player who is of great value, but what that guy has to realize is the second the second he starts to, to drop off, you ain't playing until you're 40. You ain't going to be an all-time great till you're thir- 35 or so. So I actually don't think the difference in Peterson, that guy, is is a ton. But when we do discuss the decline, Peterson doesn't see it. And it's a devastating thing because what he doesn't see is your your basically career had an expiration date. It, it did. and Because he just thinks, I'll, I'll play and I'll play and I'll play. And no, because you're not a versatile player, when your running went from greatness to being good... That was a big deal. Sub-question. If he had entered the league this year, surefire Hall of Famer on the field like he is now, bubble or probably not? I think he is. I think no matter what era you dropped him into, just as far as a superhuman athlete, he would have been unstoppable no matter what. Now, the one thing, if you had dropped him in now, maybe because of how the league has changed, although I... I don't know how much it's changed, really. I mean, we talk about it like it has because there are more of these guys. Well, they're more important now. but And they're more valuable now. he would now, still get used a ton. But those those guys who could catch the ball out of the backfield were always valuable. I want to say in 2009, Favre threw him 40 passes he caught or something. Yeah. So if you have the right QB, it, yep. it's different. That, that would have changed it's things. It's a different dynamic. If he had had Kirk Cousins as his quarterback and not Tavares Jackson and not Christian Ponder... Maybe yep. he does end up with more catches, and it's just little dump-offs that he could the catch two, and run with. The 2,000-yard comeback season is as much an indictment of Ponder's inability to play as Peterson's greatness. He shouldn't have had to run for 2,000-plus yards. 
if he had been with if he had been with a quarterback who could who could have pulled his load, he has a great year, but not that year. It is amazing that he averaged six yards a carry. Oh yeah, I mean, that's been and, and listen, I covered him during the time he was great, and I appreciate that. What frustrates me about him is his inability to see himself and his career. That's the frustrating thing. The delusional part is what frustrates me. So that's what that's what I get caught up on. But when he was great, he was great. World Cup England plays their semifinal game against Croatia tomorrow. I was reading an article about their manager, Gareth Southgate, which is the great greatest English name I've ever heard, by the way, and how he's taken advantage of the market inefficiency in soccer. Set pieces. Your corner kicks, your free kicks. Love that term. Uh, apparently, you don't really practice that a whole lot when you're in training, but they've also accounted for 42% of all the goals in the World Cup, and of the 11 England has scored, seven have been via the set piece. And this guy took it upon himself, Gareth Southgate. He's Billy Bean. To not only study soccer, but study the NFL and the NBA. How plays are run in the NFL, how you work with spacing in the NBA, pick and rolls, do pick, you know, stuff like that, screens. And you can see in some of the highlights, he's absolutely brought some of that stuff to soccer. And then there was this nugget. Gareth is very open to other sports and what he can learn from them. We are chatting, this uh, being the guy who's a uh, broadcaster talking about this interview. We're chatting on a train to a Timberwolves game. I asked him what he would get out of it. He said he was interested in basketball, blah, blah, blah. Everything I just said, the five-on-five, how they use the court. That's why he keeps screaming, rotate, to his guys. (laughs) Switch! Switch! Harry Kane! Good thing there's no guys named Carl. (laughs) Anyway, uh, it was a Wolves-Pelicans game on a Saturday night. I've isolated it. It was either January 6th uh, here in uh, Minneapolis or Saturday, February 3rd in Minneapolis. Those are the two times they played on a Saturday. So I'm not sure which one, but it was Wolves and Pelicans here at Target Center. My question is, if England wins the World Cup, is this the very greatest contribution the Timberwolves <laughs> franchise has made to sports in all walks of life, in all of sports? Mm, I don't know. I think Absolutely, yes. I don't know. I what think uh, giving away uh, Garnett to Boston... Oh, but this is to the they got, world. They got Al Jefferson. This is the World Cup. Jefferson. Couple other guys. Well, that was a, they got yeah they got to Sebastian Telfair yeah, in that trade right. That's right. It was a great name. You could always pick up Sebastian Telfair in video <laughs> games. You just trade away your point guard, pick up Telfair, he'll hit it from downtown. I say absolutely the greatest contribution. Absolutely, World Cup. So do they send? Do they get rings? Do they send Tibbs a ring? They should at least send one to Glenn Taylor. It's his club. I'm sure he gave him the free ducats to that game. Good, good job, Wolves. What I mean, did he? I guess he didn't learn about shooting threes because they don't need that in soccer. Well, the spacing so, thing, spacing, yeah. Actually, when I interned in the North Stars PR department back in the day, Pierre Paget, who was coaching the team at that time, would go to basketball games because he said the spacing in hockey and basketball were very similar, and he would try and steal ideas from basketball mm-hmm. and their spacing to put into hockey. Say so, the name again, Pierre Paget. Pierre Paget. That's delightful. Oh, I he love was how you say it. He was a good coach. Great guy. Great guy. Yeah, he had uh, he left here to co- to become, I think, coach and GM of the Quebec Nordiques, who became the Colorado Avalanche. Not nearly as sexy. No. But Pierre was, uh, yeah. So I could I could completely see though soccer, hockey, basketball, how the spacing ideas would translate. Gordon Hayward is getting roasted on Twitter. 
There's a video that's been put out of a gender reveal. He's uh, got a wife and two little girls, and they're expecting a third child on the way. And the bah, there's a box in the front yard that his wife's got taped up, and he opens the lid, and the two little girls are there, very excited to see what color balloons come out, and it sounded like this. Say, Daddy, can you help me? Help me. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Whoa, it's a girl. <laughs> Daddy's always happy. <laughs> oh, no. That's it right there. Oh, I feel bad for the wife. You've got to watch oh, it because he knows. says that as he's literally, his back's oh. is turned and he's walking away from the pink balloons that he's already oh, kicked no. away and thrown in the air. He does not seem very excited. So, uh, two-part question. Worst day for Gordon Hayward, the day the gender reveal or the day he shattered his leg on day one with the Celtics? What was worse in his mind? And you two not being fathers... Boy or a girl, would you have a strong preference? Um, I I don't blame Gordon Hayward for not being enthusiastic because the gender reveal is stupid and that was lame. Agree. So there's that. Yes, that's spot on. Well said. Got, well I'm, said. With you, I'm with you. It is stupid. So even the clever ones are dumb, but this one is just balloons in a box. So it, what? Okay, all right, pink balloons. I'd kick one too. Like I, I don't know. <laughs> the, I just the, but doesn't are the, we really videotaping this? The gender reveal. Okay, he's got two girls. Yes. Okay, the gender reveal to me in that sense then is crazy because he clearly wants a boy. I don't blame him. It doesn't mean he's not going to like his third girl. But like if you do that and he's like, oh, I mean, I can't, I can't blame Hayward for being disappointed now. But if if he talked to his wife about it. You wouldn't get this. So, like, in this case, I don't even understand why you would put anyone, including this poor guy, in, in a position to be disappointed. That's a fair point. I like, didn't think of it that way. But, like, if you yeah. sit down with your... I mean, at the moment, you probably really want a boy. So mm-hmm. he's probably... And, I mean, he's, you know, he's probably at the age where he's like, this is going to be probably our last kid, possibly. I don't know. And I'm not, and we're not going to have a boy. But to allow him to be disappointed then in front of his wife and probably, more importantly, his own girls... I don't understand that. I and yeah. I mean I'm serious about. This. And if you're gonna it's do silly. one of those, yep. you should probably both be on board for it. I mean, it just doesn't 100. really look like Gordon Hayward is all that enthusiastic, even to begin with. Absolutely. Even at the beginning of the video, he's like, "Okay, well, let's open this box." I mean, he reminds me of like Toby on The Office, just like, <laughs> "Okay, let's just, I guess we'll just do this." And and then like, Daddy's always happy. That I mean, it's. Come on, like if you're gonna do this, then you gotta have some fun with it. And it didn't look like he was having fun even from the outset. So I would leave the door open to this guy just wasn't into the whole idea anyway and was like, okay, I don't is, is the video done yet? And it might not necessarily mean that he doesn't want another girl or boy, but just he really When did didn't this start? This. When did this whole thing, this whole I don't trend know. This of only, the gender reveal start? It only came into my vision online, like on Twitter, uh, maybe within the last two years. I think that's when it's exploded. Probably yeah. the last two, three, why four do we, years. Why are we doing it? Because it's another cute thing that you have to do for your kid now, apparently. Because somebody did it, put it on Twitter or Facebook, and said that was cute. So then everyone has to do it because they did it. So why wouldn't you do it for your own kid? And we just overshare. Like, everybody oh, overshares God, yes. now. Thank I you. mean, so I have, uh, what, 20,000 followers or something on Twitter. And even I overshare about the dog sometimes. Oh, but, like, you see... 
Dave, you just you hate Twitter. So no, I've got I've got over a thousand now. Oh, good for you. Like a thousand and fifty. But they're but like I only feel the need to share about football, make stupid jokes, and then occasionally the dog because people love the dog. But like, do I need? No, they might not love it, but I I do, do the same I, thing probably. Like, do I? How many, I don't know anybody who who shares too too much stuff though. How personally. many people do I need to know about the gender of my baby? I think people really love attention, and this is one way to get it. Like, oh, that was so great. You threw a hand grenade, and it blew up with blue. You know? It just, I mean, that, they're yeah, like, Burned so, the neighbor's oh, house down, right. and you blew that <laughs> right. up. Like, Daddy's yeah, got some right. shrapnel. I, so, Ouch. But that will get a lot of retweets. It'll get a lot of favorites. It'll be like, oh, this person's crazy. Look. And, you know, the same thing with, like, an athlete. Where Oh, we can get so, ma- so much attention and so much congratulations by doing a gender reveal. So let's do it. I saw something very frightening on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I believe there was a gender reveal done at a Yankees game. Like, on the scoreboard. Oh, boy. Oh, that's and I tweeted, I, I tweeted the person back. I said, please take this down i don't want the twins to see this <laughs> i don't need the twins being like that's a great idea 175 do a gender reveal a target field i don't need that so uh, you, to your other question it really it wouldn't matter to me so much um and i would probably want the gender reveal to be like oh look it's coming out um what do we got there oh gender reveal girl well that's the one, yeah back in um, the old days yeah the old school gender reveal that's the no fun way i guess now the only thing that would i guess frustrate me uh if it was having a girl is just like how we are as society like i i would feel the oh, same go, either yeah. way yeah but i would probably be annoyed even as more than i already am with certain things you know <laughs> like i see you know people wnba players are trying to fight for more money which they deserve because they're they have a TV deal and they put ten thousand people in arenas here in Minnesota and they only get thirty percent of the money in their CBA, which is the worst of any professional sport by far. Mm-hmm. And then you see people coming in who don't know anything about women's sports at all, but they don't like them, and suddenly they're experts on these things, and suddenly they're telling these women to shut up for asking for more money, which is baffling. Like, well, that's also on Twitter too, which I don't give any credence right, to because Twitter's no, but full I mean, of maniacs. I mean, professionals. I mean, like, oh, yeah. like, like actual people who are writers and radio hosts and things like that. And I, I just, oh, they're crazy. I too. would have a really tough time with all that. Outstanding questions, Dave. That's true. Outstanding questions. Let's do this. Uh, let's come back and talk about how close Matthew Collar is to being one of us because he's taking steps every day, every day to get closer. But is he there yet? Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. We'll be back in the game before you know it. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. It's one of the funniest things that ever happened in sports. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios, Matthew Collar. And for Phil today, Mackie, back tomorrow. Uh, All right, Matthew Collar. For those who, who follow you on Twitter, at Matthew Collar, they are well aware of the fact that you've been politicking now for quite some time, at least a month, to become, <laughs> to, to officially be christened as a Minnesotan. Yeah. Now, you went, right. now, now, now you, did, you took another step, I believe, within the past week by going up uh, to Duluth after we got done with our show on Saturday. So, for, yeah. Harrig- Beautiful. for Harrigan and myself, paint the picture of why you should be considered, what steps you've taken to be considered a Minnesotan. All right. I'll lay it out for you guys, and you can let me know 
if I'm there yet. Mm-hmm. So Duluth was the most recent thing that I did that I thought was very Minnesotan. I took a weekend and went north. Like, that's a thing that you do. And Duluth was beautiful. Uh, took the dog, Lake Superior. Uh, we had dinner right next to the lake. It was it was really nice. It was actually warmer there than I expected. People said it can get a little cool there near the lake, but it was warm, so it was great. So that's that's my most recent step. Dinner, my, uh, like picnic style or at a restaurant? Um, there was a restaurant, but it was outdoors and it was right on the lake. So it was, I think that counts. That, that, no, that sounds lovely. That's a picnic. Um, so that's that's one. A weekend in Duluth is is a check off the box, yep. uh, you know, box checked off. I'm with you on that. Another thing that I do now is when people are in my way or something, I will apologize because that's what everyone does here. Like, oh, sorry, my bad. That was definitely not my fault, really, but I'll still say that. So I'm trying to do that now. Um, I got bit by a ton of mosquitoes, and the I, there were mosquitoes where I lived before. Not like this. These ones are serious. You might get that West Nile, too. You I know. have seen bugs that I did not know existed before. Like, there's a lot of them. Um, so that's one of them. I covered a collapse season for the Vikings, and then I covered a crushing playoff loss in a conference championship game. I think that that matters. I drive the speed limit now because you kind of have to. Um, people don't know how to merge, but now I don't know how to merge because they don't know how to merge. Right. So I'm like, I, I think I'm doing it right, but maybe you're doing it right. You're from here, and these on-ramps can be sometimes very tricky. Um, but going the speed limit is definitely the biggest change. If it was 55, that meant it was 70 where I drove before. Mm-hmm. Everyone here drives like 62 at most. And then if someone's going 64, everyone looks at that person like, oh, 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 someone's in a hurry over here. So uh, I think that's, and I bought a house, and it's near two lakes, or two ponds, or slash lakes, and a park. Okay. Um, I shoveled snow from a random snowstorm in April. I no, attended. You shoveled in Buffalo as, as well, and or oh yeah, way so, more, right? I was way say, more, way that's more. That's part of that. But the, but it's still like right. part of being Minnesota. Yeah, I got it. Um, I have attended high school hockey. Yeah, that's good. That is definitely that's a good. thing I would state not of, have done in Buffalo. Before. State of hockey here. What else, Dave? How close do you think he is? I mean, You're well on your way. I'm getting there. Do you eat outdoors whenever possible? Uh, sometimes I wouldn't say I make a really concerted effort to do it okay well that's i think a very minnesota that, thing, thing? To, okay. yeah. i don't enjoy that by gotta the way. eat out on the deck when it's nice i don't enjoy i that. have not solved passive aggressive i don't get it uh i don't know when Ooh, people are doing it i think i'm strike. trying to pick up on it but i just like uh, well well hold on the, the fact that you have have regressed as a driver helps because that's a definite <laughs> passive aggressive oh, okay. thing all right have uh, you have you ventured elsewhere out state aside from just duluth not really. Brainerd Lakes no. area. Um, oh, yeah. Bemidji. That's a, that's a good one. I, no. Brainerd no. Lakes, you got to go to Brainerd have, Lakes. Have not been that far, other than, you know, going to Mankato for camp. That doesn't, yeah. No, no, no. We're talking about going north. Yeah. We're, you got to spend at least a long weekend in Brainerd. Yep. Okay. You know, rent a boat, you know, go to one of the resorts, get a boat, maybe go golfing, I mean, whatever. Oh, yeah. I kayaked on uh, Lake, oh, that's big. Lake, Lake Nokomis. That's big. Oh. That was really nice. You buried the lead. Minnehaha Falls, we've done that. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. done that. Yep, took the dog there. Very good. <laughs> I think I'm getting there. I'd I, say Brainerd Lakes is, is a must still. The, the, fact that you, the fact that you can't drive as well as you could when you initially moved here, 
And the fact that you're now apologizing for being in some way, in yeah. someone's way, despite the fact, which is also very passive aggressive in some ways. Yeah. I feel like you are being passive aggressive. You just probably don't, you don't know exactly what it means because it's very, it, it can be very subtle. The passive aggressiveness yeah. of us can be very, very subtle. Yeah. You have to learn, I think, when it, maybe it's a, a merge situation or even if you just see somebody flying up the left lane and you're, say, in the center lane of the freeway, you've got to learn how to slide over just to oh, get in their way, wow. just so they drive the speed you want them to drive. That's, that's a very Minnesotan thing. That's going to be a hard one. Yeah. That's going to be a really tough one. And, and outstate, too, you got to go a little further past past Duluth now. Maybe hit really? Lutz in, you know, get acquainted with the Iron Range. Um, that, I don't I'll, think he has to, though. I think it would help. I don't think he has to. I, I, feel, I feel like Brainerd Lakes is a must. So I've gone to two state fairs, and I've had cookies at each state fair, but I have not had something on a stick. Oh, no, no, no sorry. You're, no, out. you're out. You're out. You're done. Seriously? You've never had any? No. Prado Pup? You didn't eat anything on a stick last year? I didn't have, no, wait. I did have a... Um, no, it, I had a corn dog. Does oh. that count? No, no. Did you have a corn dog or a Prado Pup? There's a big difference. You need to oh. have the Prado Pup. Um, no, I think I had a corn dog. You can get a corn dog anywhere. You can only get a Prado Pup at the I fair. I had never had a corn dog before last year, and He's, my wife talked me into it. It's not really my thing. No, I, I'm not a big fan. But I, I, I mean, I, I anything. Mean, you, you still have to have them, but I'm not. I'm anything not weird on a stick, you know, like fried bacon on a stick yeah. or something. I never, I didn't have I any f- of that. I feel like you need to clear I have the cookies, though. Clear that, that up at the fair this year. Okay. That you have to eat a few things on, on a stick. How was a child? Did you never had a corn dog? Uh, you know, just never really found it to be appetizing. I don't like them that much, personally. Well, you don't have to like them My that much, but there's them. a lot of things you don't like as adults that you loved as a kid just because you're a kid. Mm. That's, so, I find well, that very strange. Well, what else am I missing here? I feel like I've checked off a lot of boxes in two years. Hmm. Do you know? Do you have your favorite hot dish yet? I haven't had I Okay, that's. I don't even really um, care for hot dish, but I've got at least a favorite. You know, you can throw out. Yeah, that's big. I do order tots with things. Is is that close? No, it's a start, but no, no, it's not close. No, you've got to have a hot dish. Juicy Lucy, you've done that. Yep, I have done the Juicy Lucy. You find it overrated because I do. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I'm not a huge burger person. I love, I love a good burger. I am. I have just. I've become not a big burger person. Like when I go to restaurants, I don't often order burgers. I don't often, but when I do, I really oh, yeah. enjoy them. No, I think they're st- they're still tasty, but <laughs> I, I just enjoy them. Love you, burger. It's um. Well, I'd say you know if if you're not fifty percent of the way there, you're real close. Okay, and that's I mean for two years, yeah, that's a lot to fit in. I've been making so good for I've you. Been trying, I can skate, but what? I've I've never played organized hockey, but I can skate. So what if else you give me you, ice, I can. That's good. What else did you enjoy in Duluth? Uh, let's see. We went to some restaurants. Um, there was this place that I can't remember the name of it that has like a grandma's a, a stack that has, you know what I mean? Like a smoke stack and it has like some things like a restaurant inside that we ate at, but also you can shop in there. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, it's I like think there's a the hotel lake. adjacent to it. Yeah. And yeah. Then, I've stayed there a couple times myself for long. Uh, weekends. Did you do split rock lighthouse? No. Eh, I mean, sorry. we, we were there, like we saw it. Yeah. We were mostly just walking along the lake. Duluth's fantastic. I love Duluth. Yeah, it was really nice. I love it. I mean, we only had a weekend, so we kind of ate and we just hung out, and we didn't really like try to hit every site possible. Betty's fine. Pies, Two Harbors? The no, what? No, Betty's Pies and Two Harbors. Uh, didn't, no. You'd enjoy it. Yeah. Very solid. Betty's Pies are fantastic. It's a Minnesota staple. Sorry. Yep. I mean, you're, uh, these are things you well, probably don't even closer. know about. We'll learn, and you'll get there. It's only been two years. We're pulling for Tweet you. Tweet them at... Matthew Collar.
So if people are are listening right now, like and how to take missing, my next step? Yes. So people should tweet you. Okay. They yeah. can tell you. They can tell you because Dave's right. Dave hit on about three things, but there has to be more. But you're probably about eight things away from officially being christened one of us. So that's not too bad. All right, we'll take a break. Come back, wrap things up. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. And we're out. On 1500 ESPN. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. It's go time. You and me. On 1500 ESPN. Get Minnesota United match reactions plus MLS news straight from the team. And tonight... You can do it live. Adrian Heath and Jamie Watson will be at Brit's Pub, downtown Minneapolis, for a live Adrian Heath show broadcast from 6 to 7. It's presented by Heineken. Come watch the show. Talk some soccer, a little United, a little World Cup, all of it, win prizes, and more. Details, 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Brit's Pub tonight, Adrian Heath show, 6 to 7. I might show up at that. Have a couple pints. Watch the gaffer. You've been known to. I've been at Brits before. Post up at Brits. I'll be at Brits again. I've been there before. Uh, so we got a note, Matthew Collar, um, a while back during the course of our show, asking, "Oh, DJ, how about some wild talk?" He said, "I'd love to." And you cover the National Hockey League for ESPN.com. Do insider work, so you are certainly a hockey-friendly guy. I love the sport. Love my hockey. But DJ, what do you want? I mean, this is. They've signed a couple of bottom six um, forwards. They've signed a third pair defenseman. What do you want? What are we going to say about them? They might not be a playoff team is the best I can say at this point. I got nothing for you. I mean, the the Blues have improved themselves pretty significantly by getting Ryan O'Reilly. And Patrick Maroon, I guess, has just agreed to a deal today. Uh, The Jets are still great. The Predators are... At the top of my list for the team that will make it to the Stanley Cup final next year, mm-hmm. Edmonton will be better. Uh, the Kings will probably be better because they signed Ilya Kovalchuk, and I think he could still play a bit. And so they're still competitive. Sharks signed Vander Kane. They should be better or just as good. Man, I mean, it's hard to find where they fit without a move. Um, the depth of this team will be better. Because they moved on from Tyler Ennis, who gave them nothing last year, and Luke Cunning and Jordan Greenway are going to fill spots. Yeah, that that will improve them as an overall top to bottom roster. But unless there's a move made, I don't know what else to say other than you're probably looking at mostly the same team from the last two years. And I think what we've seen is that's not quite good enough. Yeah, and I think the conference has improved, and so it becomes tougher. But yeah, until they do something. I get, I I yeah. am as unexcited about this team as I can possibly be, and and I'm not even I'm not even bashing them. I just don't know what to say about them. And if they trade Zucker in some type of deal, that that makes it intriguing. Or if they make a trade, but until Paul Fenton does something that doesn't involve signing bottom six forwards and or a third defenseman, I got nothing on them. Yeah, I mean. I'm sure Matt Hendricks is a great guy, but he doesn't really get me jacked up about uh, 2018-19. He's 37 years old. He's a character <laughs> and, guy. That's um, all he is. Same with JT Brown, a guy who, yeah, as, exactly. as a depth pickup, I think is a good idea. And they lacked that last year. When people went down, they were calling up players who either weren't ready yet or 
couldn't really contribute anything, and now they have some veterans who can do that. So from that perspective, they've solved some issues that they had, and Greg Pattern, the defenseman, pretty good player, like nice yeah, number gonna, five defenseman. He's going to block your shots. But that's not what's going to get anybody jacked up about this season. The best up. I can say, I like the head coach. And it looks like they're just not even a part of this Eric Carlson thing at all. We are done. Garage Logic up next. Phil Mackey back tomorrow.